If you're interested in trauma healing, social justice, and creative expansion in Mississippi and beyond, stay tuned. Hi, this is Christy Bates, a minister and licensed professional counselor in Oxford, Mississippi. Welcome to this episode of Brainspotting Mississippi. Brainspotting is a neuro-experiential model for healing and creative expansion developed initially by Dr. David Grant. As a therapist, I have been so grateful for the power and gentleness and efficiency of brain spotting to help my clients. As a minister, I am passionate about the fact that this is an anti-oppressive tool for helping people in my home state. That's what this podcast is all about. All right, so hi everybody. I'm uh, Reverend Christy Bates in Oxford, Mississippi, and I'm excited because today I'm here with a local therapist, uh, although not in Mississippi, she's very close to us here in Oxford, uh, Montoya McGowan of Stopping the Chase, Counseling and Consulting of Memphis is with us. Welcome. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Montoya is a licensed clinical social worker who provides premium psychotherapy services and mental wellness support in Memphis, Tennessee. She's a product of Memphis, and Montoya is also a combat veteran, a mom, a wanderluster, a yogi with 200 hours of yoga teacher training. She's also an introvert and a recovering codependent. Uh, Montoya loves to see Black people, and especially Black therapists, embrace their gifts and give to the world from a full cup. She helps mm-hmm. empower her clients to stop the mentally exhausting cycle of chasing people, places, and things. Um, and Montoya, I understood that you've, uh, I invited you because you've trained in phase one and phase two of brain spotting and that, that you've fallen in love with brain spotting so far. So thank you for doing this. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I really have enjoyed our Facebook connection. My algorithms are so like, Every time I open Facebook, what I get are people asking for referrals because I'm always busy on those groups. Um, so, but every once in a while, I get to poke around beyond that and I get a kick out of your being friends with you on Facebook. And I really enjoyed getting into your website this week, um, which I wondered if you'd be willing to give us some quick psycho ed on the topic of bougie boundaries, which was on your website. So um, bougie boundaries, I, because I am a recovering codependent, I don't know how far I am in my recovery, but it's the everyday struggle. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a recovering people pleaser. I'm a recovering good girl for the benefit of everybody else. Mm -hmm. And so for me, um, I started to realize that I was talking about bougie boundaries a lot And then I said, okay, bougie boundaries and bougie energy. It was my way for me to remind myself that it's okay to have boundaries. It's okay to have, and to me, boundaries mean expectations. So it's okay to have expectations that are luxury. Mm -hmm. Um, 
it was kind of like me playing mind games with myself to the point to where I benefit from them, not oh, where mm-hmm. I'm myself up about it or making it seem like it's a boundary. Um, so bougie boundaries is being mindful about what's healthy for me. Yeah. Um, and processing what I want, what I don't want, what's good for me, um, processing it through myself first mm-hmm. and deciding on what to do with that. And so, you know, like CBT is, you know, you have a, a thought, and then you have a, a, an action, but having feelings feels foreign to a lot of us, mm-hmm. but the feelings determine what the next action is going to be. Mm-hmm. So me being bougie, I'm having to process things through my feelings because bougie really is just a luxury. And convincing myself that having feelings is a luxury makes me feel more willing to mm-hmm. explore them. Um, so it's just the luxury mind. you're worthy of. Yeah. 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 Um, so having bougie boundaries and bougie energy, it means that if it doesn't benefit me, then I have to decide why I want to do it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you. Well, what drew you to brain spotting? <laughs> one of my uh therapist mentors told me one time, she said, you want to um acquire tools and skills for your therapy practice that sets you apart and one of those things that sets you apart is um focusing on trauma because we all have trauma but when you have ways to help people work through some things faster then that makes that you apart from some other people and so I did EMDR and um, I don't know, it was something about EMDR. I wasn't able to grasp it as much. So I used a lot of the lingo, but not actually doing the processes or the protocol. Um, but I saw somebody talking about brain spotting a couple of times. And I said, I wonder what that is. I'm just going to pay for it and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea what I was getting into, which I do that often. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad because if I research it and look into it too much, I'll talk myself out of it. Right, right. So um, I, I found the group, I explored it, I signed up for it. And um, the first time the, the, you know, when you're practicing brain spotting, when you're doing the practicums, right. I said to myself, if I never use brain spotting, the, the help that I have gotten in the three days of me doing this is worth it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's, I had not thought about that particular angle on, yes, when you're paying for the training, you're really also kind of paying for this built-in workshop where you're getting, getting good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, of course, I decided to do it again. So phase two and phase two, for some reason, it felt deeper mm-hmm. and I was able to connect with it more. Mm-hmm. And um, then I just said, let me just see if some of my clients will be willing to try it. Yeah. And um, the ones that trust me and I, I worked with them on brain spotting, it has been, it's been spiritual. Yes. Yes, I get that totally. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like even the way you got into brain spotting is sort of because you're very in touch with that intuitive aspect of yourself, whereas maybe EMDR gave you some good tools, but maybe not not as intuitive to use for you. Right. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Um, With um, 
Now, I know I ask everybody this because everybody has their own way of doing it, but you know, some of the clinicians or, or other helpers watching or hearing this may have heard the brain spotting, you know, tagline that we yeah. always use that where you look affects how you feel, but all of us have our own ways of introducing it probably. So when you're trying to introduce it to clients, how do you explain what this even is? That is a very good question because I asked a couple of people in the phase two training mm -hmm. of how do they introduce it to other people. So after I heard, I think three different people gave me three different answers and I was like, okay, I got it. So um, as I'm listening to one of my clients talk and um, we're getting to the part of the session where we want to do some work, I say, you know what? I think you would be a great candidate for this magic trick that I like to do. <laughs> it's my wand and it's using the windows of your eyes. And I said, but it's not really magical. It's actually more spiritual. Um, but if you are willing to trust me, you know, are you open to trying something new? Yeah. And I say yes because they they are comfortable with me. And then that's yeah. I start to explain some of the uh, like what our session would look like. And oftentimes I give them a snippet of how it helped me and what mm -hmm. I felt when I did it. And yeah. then they're. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Now let me ask you, do you, this may seem like a sidebar, but it's very much related with you having that background as a veteran and thank you for your service, by the way, I didn't say that earlier, but do, do you find that clients are drawn to you who are veterans or? Do yeah. You have, yeah, yeah. Um, I used to work at the VA. I was at the VA for 13 years and yeah. learned that when they, when, when clients would come in or veterans would come in and they find that you're a veteran, it kind of instantly gives you a different kind of connection so they trust you more I would imagine yeah that makes so much sense yeah so yeah so then that would make sense that this thing that's very there's that spiritual aspect and at the same time very nervous system very like uh i know uh one of the trainings or you know one of the workshops i attended at the international conference that was i did that splurge last year and um, it was so worth it. My brother lives out there too. So that was, it was a good combination trip. But um, one of the, um, one of the workshops that I got to, to watch when that was some, someone who works with first responders, veterans, people like that. And so she was saying, you know, that sometimes depending, you know, maybe guys of a certain age or whatever, uh, who are, are sort of anti-therapy where she can just say like, look, we're just gonna reset your nervous system. Just, you know, that they were, they were more open to that. So I thought that was a really interesting way to approach. That's a good idea. Yeah. 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 So that is cool. Um, well, the other thing that I wanted um, to ask is that, I mean, specific to brain spotting is, you know, sometimes in the brain spotting trainings and the brain spotting community, we hear that brain spotting is not only a, a non-oppressive way of doing therapy, but it's actually anti-oppressive and I'm wondering do you as a BIPOC therapist do you find that to be true do you why should clients and therapists trust brain spotting I say you know it is it has it, oppression doesn't even feel like it's a part of the process mm -hmm. um, or something that they have to be guarded about 
because we are, you know, like we say at the tail of the comet. And so you're leading and I'm just slowly following you and pulling out some things from you. I'm not adding anything. I'm not giving you anything. I'm not adding to your perspective. We're just processing whatever is important to you and whatever comes up in our session. So I'm kind of like a, you know, a guide and, um, it helps when you can understand some of the things that the person is saying, but you don't really have to. Yeah. Right. You can just be that mirror. Yeah. And let them see what they need to see. Yeah. 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 I don't really have to. So yeah. Um, that was a good question and I had to think about it for a minute, but yeah, we're just here as, as kind of like, you know, the footprints. Mm -hmm. All right. Right. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, you know, I was listening to your introductory podcast and you were giving the statistics about who's doing therapy in our country and what can you share that, you know, because partly, you know, when I first moved to Mississippi and I Googled up brain spotting here, I was only one of four people that came up in Mississippi as trained in brain spotting. Now that was a year before the pandemic. So <laughs> lots more people have gotten trained now. And so I'm sure it'd be a much better situation. But part of the reason that I even do this podcast and do the YouTube channel is just trying to get other clinicians out there trained because um, just so that there's more of us out here. But um, what can you share that would help our listeners understand why it's valuable to have Black therapists, other BIPOC, other marginalized groups, um, A, represented among clinicians and B, trained in brain spotting? Why would that be important from your viewpoint? I think that it would be important because um, of the attunement aspect. Um, when it comes to you being in tuned or tuned to the other person, even if you don't have a conversation with them, just the fact that you are able to understand what they're saying and some of the things that they're expressing mm -hmm. is it's magical to me because when I was doing the practicums, Every person I was paired with, we had something in common and we had never met each other. Right, right. Relate to something in each other's story, mm -hmm. even though you couldn't say anything. Mm -hmm. And so the attunement is, in, is important to me. I think that's a great aspect of it. Um, but also, I think that um, people of color, we have such different challenges. It helps to not have to explain the details of everything. Oh, it helps right. I have to explain what I mean by saying this. Mm -hmm. um, a, a good example is um, when we say that, you know, that's my cousin, but it's actually not really my cousin. We just grew up next door to each other. So right. when we say my play cousin, we understand the dynamics of how important that person is in your life because you chose to call them your play cousin. Yeah, yeah, right. That it's that just because they're not blood related doesn't mean they're not family. Right. Yeah, yeah. So just having, just being able to understand the dynamics of some of the things without having to go into detail about them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a friend, he is Filipino and um, he talks about how it helps to talk to other people who have had some of the same struggles and same issues as him because he's not white and he's also not black um 
how he's considered indigenous, but the 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 issues that his culture experiences is kind of challenging to explain to some people sometimes. Right. Because it's because it's not something that either black or white automatically understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's beautiful. Um, how long have you been in private practice? You mentioned being at the VA 13 years. Yeah, so I started private practice um, part-time in 2016. It's been five years this month. Uh, I've been full-time for a year. And I started my private practice from listening to podcasts. Oh, cool. (laughs) I was looking for a podcast to help me study for the the LCSW. And I came across podcast that talked about private practice and I was thinking what is private practice I had never even thought about it or considered it Mm -hmm. and um, one of them had a checklist and I said let me just see if this is something that I might want to do and so I started to explore and I I thought I was working my dream job at the VA Mm -hmm. then when I started doing private practice I was booked up two to three weeks out every week for three years. Oh my goodness. And yeah. so the anxiety of trying to manage a, a full-time job and a private practice that I didn't expect to take off as much as it did, right. um, I had to make a choice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Um, and when did, so over the last year, you're mm-hmm. saying when you made that choice to just be full-time with it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when did the consulting part come in? The part about you helping other therapists make that decision? Uh, when I was listening to these podcasts and they were telling you to think about the name that you want to come up with for your practice, mm-hmm. uh, they said, always put consulting at the end of it because people are going to start asking you, how did you do that? And okay. so start out in the beginning with that in mind. You don't have to if you don't want to, but it's still an option. and. I had a lot of different people reach out to me and ask me, how was I doing what I was doing? And I was just giving away my time for free because I'm thinking, this is so easy. I could just tell you, these are the things that you need to do. It's right. not difficult or challenging as we had decided that it was. Yeah. And then that became overwhelming too. So I was like, wait. I might need to put a price on this just a little bit just to kind of slow it down yeah yeah right so that yes so you're not getting every single phone call that comes in or but also if you do then your time's being valued and yeah Right. Nice. People, people like to say let me pick your brain but it ends up being an hour and a half conversation (laughs) hey then I got to go. And then I feel guilty that I didn't have bougie boundaries. Right, 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 right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It also helps people to kind of respect the value that you add to the time that you choose to give to them. Right, yeah, yeah. With um, people that are working in, whether they ever intend to do private practice or not, people that are working in, you know, different mental health settings, treatment center settings, or whatever, what, what, I mean, I have my own experience of that, but what would you say to them about brain spotting, about? I would say that it's, it's definitely worth the investment um, of adding to you being able to 
You know, a lot of us are in this business because we're great at being helpers and rescuers. But the the way that we're able to help in such a fast amount of time is so rewarding that one hour of you doing brain spotting with somebody could save them months of mental anguish. Yeah, yeah. And do you find, I'll just ask you this, because I think for me, I find that it actually is uh, helpful it's like a preventative to burnout because I don't feel like I'm, I mean, I definitely have to take care of myself because I'm, it's, you know, just eye to eye exposing yourself to a lot of trauma, but so I definitely do things to take care of myself, like my own brain spotting and and things like that. But I do find that um, having brain spotting is a tool where I can let the client do their work. And, but I don't feel like I'm doing heavy lifting, if that makes sense. Do you find that? Mm-hmm. It, it's been a little different for me lately the past week or so where the there's been what somebody explained to me there's been dual attunement mm-hmm. and I to expect that so I'm having to do a lot more self-care um, but I do find that it's a lot easier the the thing that I found that is helpful the most is people start to understand how we're all connected like every system is connected so you're thinking about something and you're looking at something and you're feeling sensations so you actually have more control than you think you do but it is it's kind of like a a visual of helping them understand the importance of you can't just exercise and expect things to get better you got to do you know, all of the parts of you because they all go together. Mm -hmm. You're thinking, okay, so what I eat can affect what I'm thinking or what I'm thinking about affects what I'm eating Mm -hmm. Um, and physical exercise and cortisol levels and the polyvagal theory, all of those things go together. Yeah, yeah. Do uh, Do you have plans to continue brain spotting trainings? I do, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I don't know if you already belong to SEBI, that Southeast Brain Spotting Institute. <laughs> they have, so the, uh, I think the membership is like 120 for a year, but they are constantly putting out these one hour trainings that are free for SEBI members. So, oh, wow. um, all, and then also once you're a member, you get on their website and there's, uh, and there's the archive of the previous <laughs> trainings. So on all kinds of subjects, you know. Uh, okay. brain spotting and parts work brain spotting and yeah so I'm mentioning that partly for you but also partly for anybody listening that that's for anybody that I think uh you just have to have at least phase one to be a member there and um and then uh to be able to access all that so the other cool thing about them is that they um they have um we have I say we I, I guess I should say we because I'm a member as well but uh but in, so we're in the Southeast area and, and there's a few other institutes in different parts of the country, uh, Rocky Mountain Brain Spotting Institute, Midwest Brain Spotting Institute. Um, but at SEBI, there's uh, like once a year or twice a year, they have these fellowships that they grant where people apply for uh, brain spotting training or, you know, so people that work with marginalized populations or whatever, so. Um, so I'm just kind of spreading the word about that. So when you're talking to your therapist friends and stuff too, it'd be. Yeah. 
The other thing I like about brain spotting is um, sometimes people of color struggle with going to somebody who's not of color because they feel like they may not be understood right. or have to explain too much that they're not comfortable with or they don't know how to explain. Yeah. But or um, therapists that are not of color who use brain spotting, it's a way to continue to foster connection with the clients that you have. Um, So, you know, you're able to kind of remove that issue out of the relationship. Yeah. Well, and that's interesting too, because part of what that brings up for me is how I have some clients who will, that will come to me with something that they've been to other therapists about. And they'll just say, I'm so exhausted of telling this story. And I'm like, then don't tell me the story. Where do you feel it in your body? Let's go. You know, right. yeah. and yeah, and they can just do the work and, and I can support them and being mindfully aware of watching their brain and body and heal it. And mm-hmm. they don't, they, not only do they not have to relive every awful detail, but they don't have to explain anything to me. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that's a fabulous point that you bring up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, is there any, um, any final words that you want to share about brain spotting or just about your own private practice in general before we go? Um, no, other than there's always something to work on. Yeah. <laughs> always an issue. That's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> thing about like I, the, one of the last things that I worked on was me not having uh, healthy boundaries as a parent. And that led me to realizing that I was so focused on teaching my children how to treat other people that I neglected to be intentional about shoot, treat, teaching them how to treat me. Right. I was hoping that it would be a byproduct of, well, if I told you to do this for other people, then you should apply that to me. Yeah. But I wasn't intentional about that. And so it goes back to bougie boundaries, but bougie boundaries as a parent. And now I'm starting to like every day see how I could do some things differently or just a little tweak here or a little tweak there. And so to anybody who is considering brain spotting, do it. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Well, Montoya and McGowan, thank you so much for sharing your expertise and and encouraging professionals to seek this training. Um, is it okay for people to contact you through your website? Or yeah. Is, yeah, if people have questions, if they want to explore doing work with you, it's stoppingthechase.com. Yep. And uh, so thanks again. And I look forward to talking to you later. Thank you. And thanks to you, our listeners for tuning in to this episode of Brainspotting Mississippi. If you want to be able to catch future interviews with helpers who are doing wonderful work in the arena of healing and creative expansion via Brainspotting, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with others who share those interests. <laughs>